0: Hey, you're listening to WPG 107 One's Request Live. I'm Bridget. We have McKenna here live in studio. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Happy to be here.
0: Um, So, your musical style is slack key guitar, is that right? Slack
1: key guitar.
0: Slack key guitar. Can you explain to the people at home what that means?
1: Sure. Well, it's a style of guitar. You play an acoustic guitar and you slack the keys into tunings that are like tuned to chords. And once it's tuned to a chord, you don't have to actually hold the chord. The guitar does it, so it frees up your fretting hand. Mm. And then you use that to alter the sound. And with your picking hand, you do bass, rhythm, and melody. So the result is that it sounds very symphonic. It sounds like three guitars in a single guitar.
0: Yeah, it's it's absolutely incredible how much you can get out of just one guitar. I don't, I can't even comprehend it. Um, but as, as well as your music, uh, you're also very well known for being an activist. Yep. Um, you've been on TED Talks. Uh, your your song "We Are Many" went viral during the Occupy Wall Street we the movement. Yeah. Um, we are the many, and uh, you also performed for the Obamas at, the, at the world lead n- numerous times. Yeah, wow. Um, so how does how does this activism tie into your music, both like at the time and also now, especially in these troubled times?
1: I mean, I feel like you know, as a creator, um, I like to write about things that are relevant. Um, to people's lives. And sometimes those issues tend to be political. Um, So like last year, I wrote an anthem for Bernie Sanders and jumped on the road with him and did a lot of promo to help his campaign. I just, when I get inspired, I just write something. And if people like it, then I go with it.
0: Nice. So when you go about doing that, do you start a song with the intent of it being like this is going to be a, a social, like, movement song versus yes. this is going to be just a nice, like...
1: <laughs> well, uh, it depends. But, yeah, usually, like, I remember I was swimming and then, like, the chorus for um, uh, Fire Is Hours, the song I wrote for Bernie, like, that came to me and I was like, and I feel the burn. And I was like, ah, oh, that's it. And then I went <laughs> to my piano and wrote the rest. And, wow. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. You're just out swimming, just <laughs> pops in your head. That's... Yep. I wish I had that talent.
1: <laughs> I don't know. It's talent. You know, I think I just have a crazy antenna that just picks up all kinds of things.
0: Nice. Um, well, how does, I was, I was curious how it feels to have all of this associated with you and your music, all this, this activism and advocating for change. I'm sure it's really rewarding, but do you ever feel any like pressure, especially like <laughs> right now when everything is just going crazy?
1: No. Nah. I enjoy, and when I, I mean, I feel sometimes overwhelmed, and then I pull back and just like go into my cave and work on other things or go into nature in Hawaii where I'm from. But like, I don't honestly think right now is any more crazy than any time. I think we lose perspective, and you know, with social media, everything's decontextualized now. I mean, you see one thing, and all of a sudden, it's the most important thing. Like, mm. but you know, the world is a dynamic place, and I think every generation thought it was the end for them. So I don't really take it personal or get too emotional about it. I just like to write about it. And my, my biggest passion is actually learning and reading. I mean, I'm, I've never went to college or anything, but I am a voracious reader. I read every free moment I have. I'm either listening to Audible or I'm reading.
0: That's really cool. Um, are there any particular books or, or, art or um, authors that particularly... You like or inspire you? You know, at
1: any given time, because I my mind is into such diversity. I'm I'm reading things on science and anthropology. I'm reading things on politics. Um, like right now, I'm reading uh, like maybe five different books. One of them is called um, "How to Win Friends and Influence People." It's written in the 30s by Dale Carnegie. It's just good social, you know, dealings. I'm reading a book uh, by a brain surgeon called "The Alphabet Versus the Goddess," which talks about how um, humanity really changed with the introduction of the written word and how society shifted from matriarchal to patriarchal. Um, wow. I'm reading um, a book on um, energy and the history of oil and and the major wars. So, like, in doing activism, I think it's really important to be educated and not just become obsessed with one issue that you find out about on social media. It's really important to, like do the homework, understand the history, and understand that everybody has a point of view based on their experience. So before you go out making enemies, or, you know, I think a lot of people approach it from an emotional standpoint, but change doesn't come by, you know, um, putting people down and being mean to each other. I think change comes from first having a really clear foundation of what happened before you, and then working together to create solutions. And we always want to point the finger, but I think everybody is a little crazy and everybody also has the same needs.
0: That's definitely true. Um, so a very, very logical way of going about everything in your mind and in the world. It seems you have a very logical left brain kind of...
1: Yeah, I'm an artist too. I feel like just like treating people with dignity, you know, even if I disagree with them, I think it's important.
0: Definitely. Um, and this kind of ties into something else I wanted to ask is um, a lot of your music is all instrumental. But, uh, which, again, it's incredible how much you can get out of one guitar. Um, But, and then, and some of the songs you sing. um, So what is it about a song that makes you feel the need to add words? Do you begin a song knowing it will have lyrics right off the bat? Or do they just come naturally as a part of the writing process?
1: It's a very organic process. A lot of the time, um, it either starts with a melody or it starts with a, a literary or conceptual idea in terms of text. And then they kind of start to blend together. Um, But yeah, some songs are like super like alien. Like they'll just be like, I'll start playing a melody and I'll start mumbling like, like with no language and then words will form. And I'm like, oh, that's what that song's about. Um, And then they make sense in the end. It's really weird. Like it's almost like you're, you feel like a sculpt, you're doing a sculpture. (laughs) Um, But other times I have a very clear concept and then I just put that to melody. It just really depends. I mean, the ultimate I think is to try to like evoke feelings without using words, but um word and melody together is like such a great jigsaw puzzle. I'm so obsessed with it. I love writing.
0: Oh yeah. It's really cool. I I think it says a lot to be able to make music that evokes emotion without the need of words. But there's also equal um I guess like equal I don't know. Praise deserved for really well written words that flow well with the song too. Like. Yeah, I mean,
1: back in the olden days, you know, when you had composers like, um, uh, oh, what was that, uh, um, Cole Porter? You know, like guys like that. I mean, just legends. Just like the wordsmith abilities were so incredible. I think for me, modern music is often disappointing because like, especially with the with the rise of rap and hip hop which like I'm a huge fan of some rap but like a lot of it I feel like it's it's lacking melody now and I feel like when music is all rhythm and no melody it affects people in a very different way um I don't know what studies have been done on it but I can tell like just from watching where society is going I mean it there's definitely a shift in in the vibe you know and it's like a soundtrack for a very more hard kind of attitude and a lot of the lyrics today are demeaning of different genders and you know just i'm not into that like i think you know it's easy to just say negative things about everybody um and self-glorify i think a lot of pop and rap today is just self-aggrandizing i'm not into that you know i think uh, if you can write from a perspective where the writer doesn't actually exist, I think that's ingenious. If you can write a song where you don't use the word I, if you can write a song that isn't about you versus everyone else, it helps people to imagine themselves in a different way rather than them against the world.
0: Wow, okay. The music's really
1: powerful. It is, if you If yeah. you use that power.
0: That's, that's really deep. I've never even thought of it that way about having the artist not even exist. It's like... Music has to be this, this very personal experience between both the, the writer as they're writing it, but also the listener and just music itself.
1: Well, when you watch a movie, you know, and like, the, does the director exist? If they exist, then they suck. <laughs> you know, like if the director was really good, he, doesn't, he or she doesn't exist. It's like, so, like, for, for music, like, if you listen to a lot of the music today, the lyrics that are on the, the you know, pop radio, a lot of them... Are self-aggrandizing the singer? It's like you know this this first person perspective of, you know, I you did this to me and and this is me and but I'm gonna overcome. I'm mm-hmm. such a victim, but I'm gonna win in the end. Like okay, like yeah, we need some songs like that, but not every song. And, yeah, you know, back in the day, like if you listen to, like Leonard Cohen or um, Dylan or you know some of those writers, like there there were very different perspectives back then.
0: Mm-hmm. Talking about. Us as a people, maybe, as opposed to just me as a person.
1: Yeah, for sure. I mean, there was that more community-mindedness, but I probably people were probably doing a very different kinds of uh, substances back then in the 60s and <laughs> 70s, so it kind of affected what was in pop culture. And, you know, today there's an epidemic in America of, like, you know, certain kinds of pharmaceuticals and it's really bad. I think I, I, I believe that that affects art too. I mean, it's like this feedback loop between society and art. And, um, at some point, you know, it's up to the artist to go, I can use this art as a tool to facilitate different experiences that will make people see and think differently.
0: Right. Um, I wanted to kind of take it back a little bit. Um, you've been talking about, you know, society and art, I was curious about, um, bringing it back to your roots. You said you're, you're from Hawaii. Yeah. Um, which island do you call home? Uh, Oahu. Okay. Uh, how much of an impact do you feel that, uh, growing up there, your identity as Hawaiian, how much does that have an impact on your music?
1: Huge, huge, huge. Huge. I mean, everything comes out of that filter. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, it, growing up, I didn't have access to even the radio. My parents were so strict. All I had was religious music and traditional Hawaiian music. At, you know, looking back, I, I realized that was a blessing because it allowed me to be in this laboratory of sorts, learning from the the old masters of Hawaiian slack key guitar and really just being immersed in this very um, undiluted environment of tradition. And then... You know, at 16, being at my friend William's house, and he's had his radio on. I'm like, what's that? He's <laughs> like, what do you mean the radio? And like, I became so obsessed. I could name every song on every station within half a second of the artist and the title. Like, I was just, like, obsessed. Um, so I was blessed to have that experience. But being from Hawaii and... Really, the the cultural perspectives of the host culture and just even being the most geographically isolated landmass on planet Earth, Mm -hmm. it definitely gives one a different perspective on life. I'm very sensitive to environmental issues, you know, just the fragility of of the world.
0: So forgive my ignorance. Have you have you written any songs about um, like the environment or environmental Change activism.
1: I have. Um some of them are in Hawaiian and some of them are um, unreleased yet. But yeah, I do a lot of them I do a lot of festivals and things in, in Hawaii and and that's a big inspiration for me.
0: All right. Um well that is unfortunately pretty much all the time that we have right now. Is there anything else that you want to say before we sign off?
1: Sure. Uh come on tomorrow. I'm doing a, a free concert. Uh right. at part of the El Nora Guitar Festival. Um, Saturday, uh, tomorrow at two fifteen to three fifteen PM, free in the Craner Center, uh, the main lobby.
0: Awesome! Yeah, definitely head on out. That's Elmar Guitar Festival, Craner, two fifteen tomorrow. Yep, it's free.
1: It's free. That is awesome. Zero dollars.
0: Um, and where can everyone find you online?
1: music dot com, M A K A N A, and on Instagram, Makana Music. Twitter, Makana Music, Facebook Makana fans.
0: Alright. Well thank you so much again for being here.
1: Thanks for having me, Bridget.
0: And uh we're gonna finish off with a song. You Great. wanna say it for me?
1: We can do Napo O'Kala.
0: Sure. Yeah. Alright. This is Napookala. This is one guitar. One guitar by Makana. Take care, polar bear.
1: Aloha.